Welcome to your behind the scenes BFF podcast. I'm your host, Kate, and I'm a teacher turned entrepreneur, mom of two, and I not only help small business owners prepare their business to delegate and hire a virtual assistant, but I teach and mentor virtual assistants on how to start and grow a successful business by booking their dream clients. Trust me, I get it. Building a business can be super overwhelming at times, but here you don't have to do it alone. So let's dive in to this week's episode. Hello, happy Tuesday, and welcome back to your behind the scenes BFF podcast. Unless, of course, you're new and this is the first episode you are listening to, then hello, my name is Kate. And every Tuesday, I release episodes on this podcast that are going to help you start and grow a business as a virtual assistant, um, and one that's in alignment with your goals and your priorities. Um, So currently, I am recording this podcast in my closet using my laundry basket flipped upside down to hold my computer and my microphone because I procrastinated this recording and didn't do it last week like I needed to. Um, Last week's schedule was kind of funky because I ended up having a photo shoot, which was absolutely amazing with um, Joelle and Lyndon. If you followed along on Instagram, you saw all the behind the scenes and it was amazing. Um, But my work schedule got really kind of messed up because I thought my photo shoot was on Thursday. It wasn't. It was definitely on Friday. So anyway, things just got really, you know, jumbled around and I procrastinated recording this podcast episode. So now I'm doing it in the morning. It's 6:40 AM on Monday. This is going to come out tomorrow. I hate doing this. This is not my favorite way of, um, recording podcasts. I like to do it ahead of time. I like to batch all of that kind of stuff, but sometimes this is just the reality of it. I know I say this every week when it comes to the podcast, but I always say like, I'm so excited about this episode and I truly am like excited about every single episode because I just feel like this is the best way for me to get you valuable content that is going to help you start and grow your business as a VA. So this week's episode is actually related to one of the number one questions or I guess concerns I get when someone is thinking about starting their business as a virtual assistant, and that is around client boundaries. I think the name assistant can sometimes pull like a certain type of stereotype that maybe we've just been conditioned to believe from like movies or whatever the case might be, where the assistant is just at the mercy of the person who's hired them and they're running around you know, like a chicken with their head cut off and they're running themselves into the ground trying to please their boss. I'm thinking of like the devil wears Prada, anyone? (laughs) But in this day and age, especially in the online space, bringing on a virtual assistant is less about having an assistant. I'm doing air quotes and more about having a team member. I think we're at the point where a business owner like when a, when a business owner hires a VA, they think of them more as their equal. And while they are in a supporting role in the client's business, they are also, in fact, running their own business. You as a virtual assistant are running your own business as well. Now, there are outliers, of course, that 
don't think this way, unfortunately. And that's why I think it's really important to set boundaries with your clients from the very beginning. I'm talking like before you even book a discovery call, you're talking about your boundaries. More on this a little bit later, but there are a few different things that I think are important to get started setting boundaries around when it comes to clients. Um, And those things are number one, scope of work, number two, communication, and number three, work hours and availability. So we're going to talk about each of these things and not only why it's important to set the boundaries and expectations around them, but also I'm going to teach you some tangible ways that you can actually go about setting the boundaries themselves. Cool. So the first thing that you want to make sure you're setting boundaries around is scope of work. This means from the get-go, you are making sure that potential clients know what your services are, what is included in your package, and even what you feel comfortable doing. Even if you're someone who can do a variety of different services or you offer a variety of different services, it's really important to get clear with the client before and after you start working together on what those services actually are and what they include. As example, like what your packages include. The first way to do this is in your inquiry form. So when your potential client goes to your landing page, whether it's your website or a link in your bio, whatever the case might be, ask the question, like what tasks are they looking to delegate or what services are they interested in? This gives you a general idea of what the potential client is looking for before your discovery call. Then on your discovery call, asking again what the client is looking for and then being honest if those are services that you offer. I found most of the time that the client will get more specific on the call and maybe even they've even thought of something else since filling out the form. So get down to the nitty gritty, ask questions um, and really get to know what it is they are needing in their business. If they said that they needed like social media management services, for example, ask them what social media management services look like to them, because that really could look different. Like someone's perspective of social media management services could be different from another person's idea of what that includes. So just asking them what that looks like to them is that, um, scheduling social media posts, is that actually creating the social media posts Um, is that answering DMs and comments, you know, like really getting down to the details of it. And then if that's something you offer, let them know what is actually included in your package. Then if you both decide to move forward, you're going to set scope of work expectations again in the contract. I think getting as specific as possible in your contract is critical. So instead of saying something like email management or I don't know, something else that's really generalized, saying 20 minutes of email management per day, Monday through Friday, whatever you agreed upon on the discovery call or in the proposal, or even if you're helping with like content or writing emails, it could be something like four emails per month, one per week. So you're being really specific on what you are offering instead of it being really general, because then if there's ever a 
you know, confusion on what you are supposed to be doing or how much you're supposed to be doing, you can always refer back to the contract. Both you and your client can refer back to the contract. In addition to listing out and getting specific about your services, there should be a clause or some wording in your contract that states like if the client goes over hours or they want additional work, that work will be billed separately at blank. Um, So whatever your hourly rate is or whatever you want your essentially like overtime rate to be, um, that's what you're going to put there. HoneyBook has some contract templates built into their system. And if you have been a listener of the podcast, you know, I am a big fan of HoneyBook, but I have also purchased contract templates from a couple of different, um, lawyers who, you know, sell contract templates for small business owners on Instagram. Um, And the ones I found that are the most user-friendly when it comes to really understanding the template and knowing what to edit have been from Paige at The Legal Page. I will link her Instagram and website in the description below. Regardless of if you use HoneyBook or a contract template from a lawyer, you're going to want to edit it. And I just find that Paige and her team have done a really great job of explaining what to put where and if or why it's important to have certain details and all that good stuff. Jumping into this episode really quick to let you know on something I have been working on that is officially available to the public. I decided that to kick off this summer, I would teach my signature program, the VA Roadmap, live so that I can not only help you go from launching your business as a virtual assistant to booked out with your dream clients, but hold you accountable every step of the way. So starting May 22nd, we will be kicking off an eight-week live teaching and coaching program one call every week, recordings available within 24 hours in case you miss. And we will also have a private group Voxer chat as well for those eight weeks. You'll also get lifetime access to the VA Roadmap, our signature course and program, plus all of its future updates. You'll also get three months of free access to the Facebook community, monthly office hours, and be included in our new BTS BFF Connect program that we are launching this month too, where job postings directly from business owners looking for a VA will be added. After the first three months, it's only $19.99 per month. If you have been thinking about starting your business as a virtual assistant and you have been waiting for the right time to jump in, this is it. Head to yourbtsbff.com slash summer program to get signed up, but make sure you do it ASAP because doors will be closing May 21st. Now let's get back to this week's podcast episode. Okay. So next thing that you're going to want to set boundaries around is communication. This looks different for everyone, but I will tell you what I do and what I recommend personally. When we are talking about communication, we are really talking about how and when you are communicating with your clients. I personally use Voxer to communicate with really anyone, including my clients, if it's work-related. Voxer is a free app that you can text on or even send voice messages. It's kind of set up like a walkie-talkie, but it's super user-friendly and I really love it. Anyway, 
deciding how you want to communicate with your clients is important. If you are doing a lot of day-to-day activities, I wouldn't recommend email just because people aren't always in their email inbox throughout the day. And if you just have like a simple heads up or a simple question, sending an email seems like it would take a lot of you know, time and effort to do so. But on the flip side, I don't recommend giving your personal phone number to, you know, text your clients either. I know some people do this, but for me, it's a hard no because work-life balance is so important to me. I don't have my notifications for Voxer turned on since it's like a separate app on my phone away from like my text messages. So I don't go in there more than a couple times a day to answer any messages or send messages to people or clients. And then when I'm like in mom mode, I'm not getting bombarded with work communication. Along with form of communication, I think hours of communication are important to let your client know about as well. Something like you will answer messages and be available between the hours of nine and three Monday through Friday or whatever the case might be. I would put this in your contract and in your onboarding email as well, just so your client is aware. Okay, the third thing to set boundaries around are your work hours and availability. This is something you can talk about both on social media when you're marketing your services, again on your discovery call when you're talking to the potential client about what it would be like to work with you, and then again in your contract and onboarding emails. So for example, right now I typically only work four days a week, Monday through Thursday, between the hours of like 9.30 and 2.30. So I would communicate that to my clients. Fridays, I do still answer emails during nap time, but I don't do any tasks or projects. Another part of that is I only do calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays. There was a point in my business that I didn't have childcare and I had my son home with me full time. So I worked during pockets of my day around nap time or bedtime or maybe for like an hour or so if we went to the gym and he was playing like the kids camp area. And I also communicated that with clients. I'm pretty sure I said something along the lines of like, I work Monday through Friday, but my hours vary each day. However, work will always be done on or before the deadline agreed upon. Something like that. Also, I did put something in there about, you know, if someone was needing something that wasn't a part of our typical daily or weekly tasks, that I would need at least 24 hours to complete that task. If it was urgent... I asked them to let me know um, that it was urgent and needed to be done ASAP, and I would see if I could work it in. But I was not promising that I'd be able to like drop everything and do that task. Um, this is to prevent the like, hey, can you do this for me really quick or whatever? And then you're in the process of like being done for the day or going to pick up your kids or whatever. Um, and it sets the expectation that you're not just always available at the drop of a hat. And none of this was a surprise to anyone when we started working together because I talked about this on my social media often. So they saw my work structure and what that looked like. They knew that I was home with my son. They knew that I worked during nap time, like all of that kind of stuff. I don't think, you know, none of them were ever surprised. Plus the work always got done when it needed to get done and it it was always done well. I have a VA myself and she's a stay-at-home mom and I know that she works when her son naps and then after he and her daughter go to bed. 
I don't have any issues with that because the work always gets done and it's always done well. And I get it. Like work from home mom life. I love it. And so I have no problem with that. And I think most clients are like that. And if they aren't, then maybe they aren't your ideal client, you know? So there you have it. Three things to set boundaries around with your clients. I think it's important to note that a lot of scope creep or expectations not being met in a client or service provider relationship is often because those expectations were not clearly communicated and agreed upon. I mean, isn't that the case in non-working relationships as well? But most people are really respectful of other people's boundaries and they likely have their own too. Or I think people are also inspired by other people who have clear boundaries because they want to have them as well. So just having those conversations is a critical part in having a successful business and you don't have to come at it in like a defensive way where you're putting walls up and being like, no, this is the way that I run things. And just, I don't know, coming at it, like I said, from a defensive angle, you can set boundaries and expectations in a way that is just simple and kind and allowing both you and your clients to do your best work. Plus setting and actually enforcing your boundaries is one thing that is going to prevent you from overworking and feeling really burnt out. And I want you to do this forever and ever. So you have to have a strong foundation first. And this is part of that. All right. That is all I have for you today. If you found this episode helpful, I would love it if you would take a screenshot of your phone screen right now and share it on Instagram, tagging me at your behind the scenes BFF. Have a great week and I will chat with you next Tuesday. Bye.